would help if we recorded it. Um, Maybe we're doing them a blessing, actually. <laughs> Maybe we are. That one week we record a whole podcast and don't press record. Tipping Liverpool to stay up this year. <laughs> Thanks for explaining how the Premier League works, then. Enjoy that now. No. Uh, Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Football Times podcast with myself, RadioTimes.com sport editor Michael Potts, and I'm joined in the virtual studio by a regular returning special star guest. It's Mr. Jake Wilson of BBC Match of the Day magazine. How are you doing? I'm all right, special star guest. That's lovely. Thank you, mate. We're building a real bond here, aren't we? Yeah, keep adding new titles, you know, keep adding new titles. I'm, I'm aware now I've seen you more on, on a virtual, on a screen than in person now. <laughs> oh, definitely. definitely. Good forward to seeing your beaming, your beaming little face in the office. Yeah, yeah, get a little tete-a-tete going again. It would be nice, mate. It would be nice. 2022 is going to be a good year. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the optimism we like to see. Um, moving on, we'll be bringing up some of the biggest talking points uh, in the Premier League right now, pinning that on a few of the biggest games uh, on TV this weekend, of which there are many. Uh, we've also got a bit of Fantasy Premier League, a bit, bit of tips for you. Uh, we have some results of our poll that we ran last week and a new poll for you to enjoy this week so we can discuss a bit more about your FPL bench nightmares or also bench boosts, I guess, uh, if you want to put it like that. And we're also going to be chatting through some of the, the consistent kings of the Premier League, those 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 classic 7 out of 10s, the, the James Milners, the unsung heroes who have who just consistently bring up those big uh, or decent performances, not even big performances, just decent performances when you need them to the most. Um, without any further ado, we shall go on to this weekend's games and we're going to start with Arsenal versus Manchester United. It's a 5.30 kickoff on Saturday. It's on Sky Sports Premier League, main event and now TV. Um, and there's only one place to start with Arsenal Man United. Manchester United. Oh my goodness, did anybody see that coming? That Sheffield United, uh, they, they rock up with five points on the board and they nearly double their entire season tally. Um, three, three points against against a team who we all thought you know could go all the way in the title race this year. Um, what do you make of that? First Yorkshire club to ever win in the Premier League at Old Trafford. Um, maybe we should have seen it coming. This this season of all seasons is the most inconsistent. Don't you know bet on anything season of all. <laughs> Um, and Sheffield United turned the form book upside down. You love to see it, don't you? I just, just phenomenal. I actually didn't watch the start of the game. I watched a bit of, um, well, I fell asleep at Chelsea Wolves. And then, and uh, by the time I actually got round to Man United, I couldn't stomach another game, another routine win for Manchester United. So that's two wins in three games for Sheffield United now. They showed a few little signs against Newcastle, um, but obviously Newcastle, not quite the opposition that second place chasing the title Manchester United are. Um, I guess what went wrong? What? What happened for Man United there? It's it's very I mean it's very typical Man United in a sense for what we we've come to expect from them sort of take three steps forward and, and a giant leap back. But um, did you notice anything that went particularly wrong for them in that game? Well, um, I I couldn't I didn't catch it either. Um, I was hosting a Zoom quiz um, for nice. for the evening, unfortunately, so I, I did miss out. But um, I think the main problem was that Sheffield United scored two goals and Man United only scored one. <laughs> this guy, <laughs> um, this guy. Um, 
Yeah. I think I'd, I'd like to shout out the uh, the first goal scorer for Sheffield United, Keane Bryan, um, who who has only been playing for Sheffield United recently. This time last year, he was still um, just about to make his debut for Bolton Wanderers on loan, nice. and now he's scoring Old Trafford against Man United. So that's got to have felt very good. Um, but the second goal, Oli Burks. Oli Burke's goal for Sheffield United, um, that's gone around the internet a lot because the defending there is shambolic to a level that even surprising for Man United this year, who, you know, gave Denver Bar a one-on-one from the halfway line. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the Maguire seems to pass it back to De Gea, who kind of passes it out to the wing. No one's closing anyone down. Everyone's standing around waiting for someone else to take responsibility into the situation. Um, and and Tuanzebe def- deflects it in, um, unfortunately for him. Um, and and Oli Burke gets his gets his first Premier League goal. It was it was wild to see, and I think I think it did show kind of a, a lack of um, leaders back there still, which I think we've spoke of before. But um, Harry Harry Maguire's definitely got that in him. But um, last night there was a lack of it, especially for that second. Mm. I'm 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 reluctant to sort of jump on them and and slaughter them because they have been so good. I mean that was their first defeat since the start of November. They could very easily go and win the next few games, and and suddenly it's just this bizarre blip. But but it is worrying that they can can lose not only to you know a, a relegation battling team, but statistically on course to be one of the worst teams in Premier League history, and they've gone and done that. So it's it's not it's not great signs, is it? Um, feels a lot like a mentality game with United. Like a lot of players there with a lot of talent. Um, I know Marshall sort of copping it a bit and, and he comes across, he can be a bit of a scapegoat at times. Um, but there is just, there's just a little, there's just a little bit of lack of, lack of energy up there. I think sometimes like we see so many times the energy is what gets them through games when they're off the chains and you've got Rashford flying forward, Greenwood flying forward, Cavani buzzing around everywhere. Um, yeah, just, just sometimes they, they, they don't seem to get in that sort of aggressive headspace. Sometimes, sometimes they just quite, they come across quite passive and, and they're at their best when they are flying forward, when they are, um, aggressive i don't know on, on the break things like that um I, I guess we'll have to see in in the coming games whether this was a blip whether this was the start of a downturn um but yeah not good signs also shout out to keen brian who sounds i mean just sounds like everybody's enthusiastic dad doesn't he really <laughs> keen brian <laughs> um yeah but oh well um man united that is man united and they're up against mm-hmm. arsenal arsenal who have uh, massively improved their defensive record recently, and and they're actually scoring a few goals as well. Um, Bukayo Saka, Saka, what a player! What a player he is turning out to be. Um, and and now Martin Odegaard coming in on loan, the, the forever the perennial prodigy from Real Madrid. Um, an interesting loan signing to say the least. Any thoughts on that one? Yeah, he's 22 now, so um, he can't be that kid forever. Yeah. Um, he, he had a great season at Sociedad last year. Um, they obviously had a very good year, as they are again having this year. But he played 36 games for him last term, seven goals, nine assists. Now, it's a much different prospect, um, you know, swapping Real Madrid for Real Sociedad than swapping the Galacticos for, for Arsenal now, coming across to, to London in the midst of a global pandemic, um, which is, you know, a big move in itself. 
but um, he hasn't got long. He's got 19 Premier League games to make an impact here. Um, and for a young man in a side that is, is still finding their feet, that might be a lot to ask. So I don't expect he's going to come in and uh, change the world for them. I'd love to see him uh, to impact the games. Um, gives them that another lovely option there. Um, I guess they don't want to play Emil Smith-Rowe too much now, overexpose him at this young age. Um, Odegaard will be a brilliant option there. Um, he's definitely going to make an impact. It's just how big an impact that is. It's interesting. I don't quite understand with Real Madrid sort of on their knees and desperate for goals, desperate for help from anywhere, and yet they're sending Odegaard out on loan. I don't quite... And he he's barely played this season. He's barely even had a chance in a in such a weak Real Madrid team. Uh, that that is a little bit of a warning sign for me. I'm not quite sure what that means. Um, whether you know whether they just want him to get regular football out there and don't want to subject him to sort of the horrors of this current Real Madrid team. Um, but I think that's an interesting one that he hasn't actually had a major chance in in a weak side uh, or relatively weak Real Madrid side. I would think that's um, more of a a reflection on Zidane. Um, it's been targeted at him quite a lot that he hasn't dealt with the young players or the, the newer breed of Real Madrid players in quite the way that the um, Perez and the, the Real Madrid board would have wanted him to. Um, Ashraf Hakimi, obviously a brilliant footballer, but never really got in looking at Real Madrid and he mm. was he was sold. So obviously I think they would have liked him to have been dealt with better. Kind of the same with Ceballos, um, obviously seen as um, that kind of next generation of central midfielders at the Bernabeu. Um, and I think Odegaard falls into that category as well. So it sounds like Zidane is going to leave in the summer. Maybe that brings back Sabayas and Odegaard, a new manager in charge, um, does create that that kind of um, regeneration of the team. Um, yes, yeah, I think it's um, Real Madrid's loss and Arsenal's gain definitely here. Hmm, good thoughts, good thoughts. Uh, a prediction for this one, Arsenal versus Manchester United. I'm going with Oh, I mean, Man United are going to win this, aren't they? They're going to, at their absolute lowest, they're going to come back and win. I'm going to go with a nice little 1-0 win for Man United, I think, here. But but Arsenal, like I say, improving, improving all the time. Yep, uh, agreed. Man United love playing away. Um, they can sit back a bit more, play on the counter-attack. Maybe a 3-1 United, you know. Greenwood step up, get one this time after missing. Yeah, Good that. chance to get Sheffield United. I can see it. I can see it, Michael. Absolutely. And uh, moving on to Sunday, we have Chelsea versus Burnley. It's a 12 o'clock kickoff on BT Sports, just while you're tucking into your Sunday lunch. Um, Chelsea, we've, well, we've got to talk about Mr. Thomas Tuchel uh, taking over the side following the sacking of Frank Lampard. Um, I guess what are your thoughts on Tuchel? Did you what did you, did you like what you see in his opening game? I uh, I know they passed passed Wolves into oblivion for a while, but didn't actually get anywhere with it. But um, but they they held the ball nicely. So that is that progress for Chelsea. Well, um, eight hundred and twenty completed passes in uh, Tuchel's first game against Wolves, um, most in the Premier League this season. However, that resulted in the lowest xG of any Chelsea home game this season, which was zero point six eight. So that uh, is isn't great, isn't a brilliant start. I think some of that should go down to Wolves' defending. Um, I, I only saw it in the background because uh, because of my Zoom quiz, but um, the the Twitters. Um, we're, we're definitely on board with Wolves' defending, saying it was one of our best defensive performances of the season. Willie Bolly, very impressive. But um, I think 
uh, Tuchel's got some work to make sure that possession is is active enough. Um, he's he's um, by all accounts he's a very tactical coach um, and he's he's flexible in it. He isn't dogmatic. He's quite pragmatic. He knows quite um, that he needs to change his formation. He needs to change how the way teams play, um, which I think will be good. Um, but he's also possession based and attacking. So. It suits Chelsea really. They're going to want lots of the ball. They're going to put players forward, maybe kind of with a five in attack, with with the wing backs flying. Mm. Um, so I think I think it will suit Chelsea. Um, he's also a uh, a manager who is known for his rotation. So FPL bosses take note. <laughs> um, if you've got Hudson Odoi in your side or Ziyech, maybe they're not going to play every week. So uh, be aware of that one. It was um, funny, funny when he <laughs> took uh, he took Chilwell off last night. He took Chilwell off and Chilwell was sort of pointing at himself like, what, me? Me? <laughs> like the left back, the one who never gets subbed off. <laughs> and he, uh, he, he had to just like, and he was right by the side of the pitch as well on the far side. So he just basically like, took a step to the right and that was his game done for, for Pulisic as well. <laughs> Pulisic coming on for Chilwell. Um, yeah, I agree. It's interesting that they're playing this passing football. If that's a sign of things to come, um, because I actually see their team actually set up. It's not too, not too dissimilar from Man United in the sense that they have a lot of pace in there. And sometimes it's like if you're slowing the game right down to this sort of walking football at times, like is that going to get the most out of some of these rapid pacey players like a Pulisic among the fastest you've ever seen like those sorts of players are almost built to hit on the counter attack um Werner has a bit of pace so if he you know if you want to get the most out of Werner is that how he's going to benefit the most sort of this knocking around patient game um it's interesting I mean Tuchel knows what he's doing and he's just getting used to his players uh, he's worked with a few of them before so that'll be that'll be a, a help for him um, but it'd be interesting to see how how that develops, and like you're saying there, the the almighty XG, um, not not exactly. Well, which is, it was a terrible game. Let's just let's just be honest. It was a shocking shocking game. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we can't really judge too too uh, too much too soon, which is probably the social. We'll leave that for Twitter. They will they will overjudge. Um, yeah. And Burnley coming. I mean, Burnley. Oh my word! What a team. What a team! Um, just, just when you think they're they're down and out. Well, they, in fact, you know what? I think our last pod might have gone up after they did that to um, to Liverpool last week. I think it went up afterwards. And during that one, I basically said, "It's fine. Burnley are all right. They're down there. They'll win a game soon. Chris Wood will go on some spree. Ashley Barnes will put in a worldie. They'll be fine." And I mean, they're getting on with it, aren't they? they they'd be Fulham at the weekend as well. Um, it's just Sean Dyche. What an absolute masterclass. What a masterpiece manager he is. Uh, tricky yeah, game against Chelsea. Sorted him out, sorted him out already, hasn't he? Um, and the opposite XG to, to Chelsea. <laughs> so Chelsea, none for 0.68. Burnley XG uh, against Villa in the, when they won 3 2. Uh, Burnley's XG was 0.77 and Villa's was 2.94. So it's, it's just that clinical, efficient play. Um, and then at the back, Nick Pope and Ben Mee putting in worldly performances. Mm. But, but it's, it's no um, so I think that'll be. Yeah, I was going to say it's no coincidence that actually this like this happens to Burnley every single season. They don't create many chances, but they always do find a way to score goals in the end, and it's just not a coincidence. So that's why sometimes I look at XG and think it doesn't quite. If you're basing it solely on solely on that, you're not going to understand Burnley and and why they do so well. Sometimes I just think they're such a good. 
um, a model team sort of punching above their weight. And, and, and I don't think that's disrespectful to say, like, they, they don't spend the money anywhere near the money that even their relegation rivals um, spend. And if they do stay up this year, they will. Um, the teams that go down will, will have far higher wage bills, far higher, you know, debts from transfers, etc. cetera, uh, when, when they're going back down. Um, yeah, yeah, certainly right. They're bringing in players like Josh Brownhill and Dale Stevens. These aren't players that are going to break the bank and they're still putting in brilliant performances and getting massive results. Full credit to Sean Dyche there. Um, as all we bad. all know, we all know this. Absolutely. The ginger Mourinho. Um, moving on, Chelsea v Burnley. What's your prediction for this one? Burnley are going to make it hard for Chelsea. Uh, mm. Chelsea, I'm going to like playing this one, especially if they haven't got a settled back four under Tuchel or Chouyet. Um, I still think Chelsea might grind it out. Maybe just a one niller, but um, but Burnley are going to make it tough. I think, I like it, I like it. I, I think I'm going to go with a nice boring nil-nil. <laughs> Sorry, I know, I know we're trying to tell you all to watch these games, but I, I just, Chelsea was so bad, so bad in front, or... or so so blunt at times last night. Um, I just yeah, I can see Burnley holding on to that one actually, and, and they're in such a good run of, of form in the last week. Uh, three huge results. I can I can see them going and upsetting Thomas Tuchel, which would be interesting. Dice v Tuchel, a clash of styles. Mm. Um, moving on later on Sunday, once you've once you've had your dinner, once you've had your lunch lunch not dinner uh then it's leicester v leeds at two o'clock and then we have west ham v liverpool at 4 30 to sky sports premier league main event and now tv um and usually we'd be talking about liverpool but i think we should focus on west ham fourth place west ham (laughs) west ham who are above liverpool on the table going into this one uh, four wins in a row. I mean, David Moyes, the the Moisire, like it's happening. Like, uh, what is going on? What is going on, Jake Wilson? I'm selling this one as form v class. Um, <laughs> uh, I think by the end of the season, they, those two might have uh, righted themselves. Class ending above. But um, I want you to start on this one. You're the one with the first-hand Moisey experience <laughs> from, the, from the Sunderland days. Did you see this coming? I mean, I didn't. I completely <laughs> did. Moyes is the manager who I have wanted for years. Like, since since Moyes was, you know, I mean, the early days when Moyes was getting Everton in sort of fourth and fifth place fairly regularly. He was the model manager for a team who like Sunderland who were... Uh, middle of the road, always kind of in a relegation battle, never quite finding the next level. Um, he was always that manager who I looked up to and thought, you know what, I'd love to see him at our club. And then he came in and, and you know, started the ball rolling on double relegations. So thanks. Thanks, Dave. But um, but he is... I've got, I've got to put all sort of bias aside in that sense because he is doing a fantastic job with West Ham. Um, obviously, he was there the first time and stabilised them. Fans weren't too happy with him, um, and and saw him as a, a sort of short term short termism, sort of getting him for a little while. Came back, which I think was brave to do actually, because you know knowing you're going to walk in and instantly be on the back foot with the fans, and and again stabilised them, and now is excelling with them now that he's actually been given a chance, and just phenomenal. He's he's getting the most out of players. He's he's made some great signings. We mentioned Kufal before. We've mentioned Thomas Suchek before. Uh, who I believe we'll talk about in FPL as ruining everybody's week uh, from the bench. Uh, but they've brought in players like that who are flying. Antonio, he's getting the most out of Antonio. I think people go on about Antonio like he's a 23-year-old, 24-year-old sort of 
upcoming striker. He's been around the block for a while and never particularly, he's never been particularly prolific. And now he's coming into this goal-scoring form that I don't think we've really seen from Antonio before. So he's actually getting the most out of the squad he's got. And, and that is classic peak Everton Moyes. He's getting the most out of those players who are already there. I think that is exactly the point. Um, the, West Ham have made shrewd signings. They definitely have. Um, and it is only now that so many of them are coming into their best. Like you said with Antonio, that's a player that's come from non-league. You know, not too long ago, he was playing Tooting and Mitchum. Mm. Um, and he's, he's been around the block. He's playing out wide. And now, as the central kind of focal point up top, he's playing as well enough to, to get an England call-up easily especially with Ings being um, injured a lot this season. He's definitely in that that, um, that role. For Niles, it was a bit lost, but Moyes has obviously found a role for him now and he's impacting games. And Suchek, we can't really talk about enough. I just want to point out that this is a player that has been linked with Bayern Munich from his form under David Moyes. Um, and a year ago, West Ham were looking for a central midfielder and they had, they had a, they had, the main option was Gelson Fernandes from Benfica, who obviously went to Spurs on loan and did almost nothing um and they they um went and got Suchek uh, instead and what a signing that has been um he he and Kufal um a regular talked about as absolute workaholics at the club and I think that um mentality has seeped through the squad um Bowen as we spoke about loads at the back they've got Fabianski who's definitely one of the most underappreciated keepers mm. in the league Craig Dawson's come Craig into centre the last few games and he looks you know impossibly good there is something very, very good at West Ham. It might be a mentality shift. Um, Moyes might have got them playing something tactically different, but it is very, very positive. I'm and, looking... you know, it, they could lose, but it's... Hmm. Yeah, I, yes. I, I'm looking at the team now, looking through it. And can you remember that spell when they, they bought Haller, they bought like Yarmolenko, they had, they had Jack Wilshire coming in on 100 grand a week. Like They were sort of buying these names that had... There's a reason that they're big, you know, signing a player from Dortmund, signing a player for, you know, you know, with an Arsenal past. Like, you're signing reputation-based players. And actually, if you look at their squad right now, they're starting 11. I'm just looking at it now from, from the Crystal Palace game. None of those names are, like, outstanding names. There's no player on there who you would say, like, that's a, you know, world-beating star or, oh, that, that's quite exciting. But the likes of Bourne have come in from Hull and just done well. So, uh, ben Rama, we haven't really talked about Ben Rama. Sort of, he, he could go. I think the absolute maximum they could pay for him is about twenty-five million from Brentford, and twenty-five million, a lot of money. But for a player with his quality, his class, who is just getting started as well, I think that's very, that's that's what we need to stress here because he is not up to full speed, but he is still flying. Um, Declan Rice coming through. I know he's had a bit of stick, maybe from the England side of things, because it's kind of like you don't want to play Rice for England. But but he's coming into it, and I just think a lot. Of, it's it's maybe not the most fashionable eleven, which is what West Ham have been, you know, used to. They quite like a marquee signing, um, but but it's a side. It's an eleven who each one of them knows their job. They're all good at their individual roles, and they're playing them out. Textbook couldn't couldn't be any better right now, really. Um, I know the last couple of games, West Brom and, and Palace, they've sort of been run close, but they still got the job done. Uh, they had such a hard start of the season. And um, I've I've got very passionate about West Ham there, haven't I? I think we've gone through every yeah, single team we've there. Got hot there. <laughs> I, I just like to see I like to see teams who come through and actually make the most of what they have 
rather than just sort of this endless, endless spend your problems away and like waste players. They're actually bringing a few players in like that look quite clever signings. Um, they are gonna they are gonna sign Jesse Lingard shortly though by the oh, sounds though. So yeah, we don't know how that one will go. Maybe it will be shrewd. Maybe it will uh, unsettle the whole balance and and they're gonna losing streak. Yeah, so. it's got a bit of a Wilshire tinge to it, doesn't it? But we'll see. We will give Jesse the benefit of the doubt because uh, he did put oh, in yes. some good performances. So hopefully that is the start of something for him. But right now West Ham flying along. We don't even need to talk about Liverpool. We know what Liverpool are like: creating lots of chances, not scoring any. Will they change it this weekend? Who knows? Um, your prediction for West Ham v Liverpool? I can't keep banking on Liverpool winning games. I can't keep betting on them week in, week out. So I'm going for a draw. I think a 1-1. Salah will finally break his duck. But um, Big Thomas going to score another header. Big Thomas. Thomas, the midfield engine. Um, yeah. I fancy him. I like that. Uh, I fancy him. Yeah, I think 1-1. Let's go 1-1. I agree with you. I think Liverpool, uh, they are not done. They are not finished. Salah scored a couple of good goals the other day uh, against Man United. And I just think, um, yeah, they're not out of this sort of top four picture. But I think West Ham are a very tough team to beat right now. And who knows? Not an easy, like you say, not a dead sir anymore with Liverpool. Um, Moving on to Fantasy Premier League before we sort of approach the final straight for this podcast uh fantasy premier league we ran a poll last week on who you think will be the top point scorer in 2020 21 it's a mouthful to say uh, and you have voted that harry kane 37 percent of the vote have gone with harry kane to be the top point scorer this season uh fairly close fairly close uh six percent behind him uh, was more salah and another six percent behind him was bruno fernandez uh, 5% of the votes went to other, uh, whatever that means. Kevin De Bruyne, Young Min's <laughs> son, who knows? Uh, Thomas Suchek. Um, but Harry Kane, I, I like that. I like that. I've had Kane all season and I have no intention. He's probably the one player I haven't even thought about removing from the team at any time. Um, although I actually did vote for Fernandez in that. I voted for Fernandez. Yeah, I voted Salah. And um, I, I think. Kane is the smart play. He's kind of the player in my fantasy team that I've forgotten he's there. He's, <laughs> yeah. like, I don't even see him. He's the first striker, you know, on, on my on my list. So he's always on the left. And I just don't even look at him because um, you know that consistently over the course of a season, Harry Kane justifies that price tag. So you don't have to you don't have to worry about Harry. I think that's a smart, a smart play from our uh, from our listeners there. Well done. Congratulations. Absolutely. I'm also looking at my my team here, and Jack Grealish is another one of those players. Just seems to be picking up a few points at the moment, just going along quite nicely. Um, and who else have I got in here? I put Gundogan in last week. Put got him got him nicely in in instead of Pedro Neto. Um, Neto was fast <laughs> on my Neto was fast on my bench, and I thought let's put Gundogan in for him, uh, and dropped Eric Dyer to the bench. So that worked out quite nicely. How do you use your bench? Do you do you, do you fill it with stars, or do you just have one that's good and a and a lower price? How do you do I, it? So I usually have one half decent but still quite cheap player in 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 the in slot one. So it has been Neto for a while. Uh, now it's Eric Dyer. I think possibly this weekend I might be relegating Bamford there because I'm I'm not totally enamoured with Bamford at the minute. Um, since I put him in, actually, he seems to have stopped scoring. So sorry about that. Uh, so I do like having one player who is 
fairly budget, but not not total cheapskate, you know. And and I've actually I like having Charlie Taylor. So I've got Charlie Taylor who's injured at the moment, um, but I like having a Burnley defender. You can get Matt, Matt Loughton as well. Uh, Loughton, I think he's only yeah he's only four point four million, and he is the absolute. He's ripe for the bench, ripe for a second place on the bench. Um, he is among the cheapest players there. He's playing every week in a team that is getting clean sheets. So yeah, and then I, and then third, then third, it's just Steve, Dale Stevens of Burnley, um, just basically sitting there, cheap midfielder yeah. going. See, see, this is this is what I uh, I can't get on board with. Um, I hate my bench. There's the declaration. I hate it. <laughs> um, I've got you know you have your two keepers that play at the minute. I've got McCarthy and Sanchez, and you just rotate for the the fixtures. But um, I can't deal with having players that play on my bench. So this week I had um, my bench. I had Rujulon, uh Spurs in in first place on the bench, and second place on the bench is Suchek. And when West Ham had that game and he scored those two goals, 15 points, I've been I've been in a grump ever since. Um, thank play, and neither did Dan Byrne. Um, so hopefully, so both of those are going to come on for me. But um, I'm totally against the bench. Um, from now on, I'm going to transfer it out. I'm going to go back to the old school and have one player that might play, like a Charlie Taylor. I've had him for a while. And then I'm going to have Brewster. Just going to stick him in the corner in third. Bruce is just going to sit there forever. And then someone like Mendy at Leicester, someone else who plays and will get two points if I need him to come on. But the amount of time that they, they I lose points on the bench. I had Justin eight points a couple of weeks ago on the bench. That's I'm fine, not doing it anymore. This, I'm not all, doing it, Michael. This, this is all fine, though. You need, you need to realise those points <laughs> Those points were never yours. You know, those points were never yours. They, they, they exist on the bench, but that doesn't mean anything. They, they're gone. Let it go, man. Let it go. I, right, let's get a poll. Let's get a poll. Because I <sighs> think I think most people like a bench player. So I'm going to go run on the proviso that people actually, you know, treat the bench like a thing that people use. Um, no, so let's run a poll. Bench players, who is your num- Who is your sub one? Who is your go-to guy when, I don't know, when Ben Chilwell gets, I don't know, some hamstring injury or John Stones goes down or even Kane does something with his leg? Um, who, who, who are your sub, sub ones? I'll come up with a few options because I think, I think the likes of Saka I think the likes of Smith Rowe. I think the likes of Suchek, even though it was frustrating. Um, I think they're the sort of players who you can have in that slot one. I've mentioned Neto. I've mentioned Bamford, Watkins, Benteke. Christian Benteke is a fantasy Premier League option in 2021. What a time to be alive! Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll put a, I'll put a poll on there uh, on our on our Twitter site at, at Radio Times Sport, and uh, we'll let you all have your casting vote. And please tell us. In fact, tell us if if you don't use your bench, shout at us. Agree with Jake Wilson if you want to lose a fantasy Premier League. Let's just the minute, mate. Now we'll move past that one. And yeah. moving on. <laughs> <laughs> now we'll put that poll at Radio Times Sport and uh, come and vote on it. And if you if you drop us a comment, I'm sure we'll be able to shout you out and drop your your at in there as well. Um, so please get in touch. We'd love to talk to more of you uh, who listen on a weekly basis, so it's not just us screaming into the void. Um, but for now, to wrap up the podcast, very quick chat. Uh, consistency. You mentioned it. This is one of the most, one of the least consistent seasons uh, so far. I mean, it's under wild circumstances. There's not really such a thing as home advantage anymore. Um, maybe that's contributed to to a lot of the inconsistency we're we're seeing around the league. 
obviously Man United losing to Sheffield United is is probably what sparked all of this. Um, but let's think, let's praise those consistent performers, the seven out of tens, the James Milners. Um, who who are you gonna? Who, who do you want to chat about? Let's chat. Well, I mentioned when we spoke about Burnley earlier, you could mention half the team there, but Ben Mee, since he's come back, has completely changed Burnley, getting seven, eights out of ten every week. Love Ben Mee, so a big shout out to him. But uh, I think there's a, I think there's a couple of standouts. Um, Wilfred and Didi, I think for a little period of time, people were speaking about Wilfred and Didi a lot, but maybe with his injury earlier this season, people have forgotten just how brilliant Wilfred and Didi is. Um, he's only played uh, 10 games uh, for, for Leicester so far this season. But the amount of times he wins the ball back th- with tackles and interceptions and aerial duels is truly amazing. Um, and I think he does such a job for, for Leicester to set up that platform for those uh, players in front of him. And you need a player like that. So mm. for him, and also want to give a shout out to um, Solly March, um, a lot of memes you might have seen on Twitter, March 20 on the back of his shirt, yeah, the last time it. any of us were genuinely happy, maybe. Um, uh, yeah, but he he's a wonderful player to have in your squad too. So he, he's another player that's come from non-league. Um, Brighton got him from Lewis, um, which is uh, local to, to, to them. Um, but dribbling uh, and his defensive contribution are both really good. He carries the ball well. He, um, he tracks back. He does his job really well. I think his finishing um, could be a little bit more improved. You do often see him, especially um, in this season where Brighton need goals in situations where you would expect a goal occasionally um, and they don't quite go in for him. So I think that works against him. But as we're talking about these seven out of 10 players, I think March is going to give you that um, every time you trust him. So I think those are some players that don't really get talked about very much, especially old Solly. Um, so I like Solly. I rep Solly. How about you, Michael? Very good. I uh, I have to bring in the one man who made Chelsea Wolves tolerable last night when he came on for just a few minutes. Um, but Mr. Mason Mount, he he takes a lot of stick and he's got this sort of teacher's pet sort of um, vibe on Twitter, I think. Everybody, when, when Lampard went, I think Mason Mount was trending because everybody was just, you know, worried for him. What was going to happen to Mason Mount once his... <laughs> Um, once his father, Frank, had, <laughs> had left the building. Uh, but Mount came on, and actually, I think he's a far more exciting player and far more influential player than a lot of people would, would give him credit for. Um, he comes in there, he can, he can defend, he can sit a little bit deeper. Uh, he can push forward. I mean, I love him when he pushes forward from, from deep, Lampard-esque. Um, and he, I just think he doesn't get the credit he often deserves. And we forget that he's had, what, a year and a half in the Premier League? He had he played a derby before that. Um, he's slotted into this Chelsea team. And for me, Tuchel should be building a side, should almost be building a side around Mason Mount. That sounds pretty bold. Um, but I think he is that sort of player who is just quite an all-round midfielder. He's quite happy sitting in there. Uh, he'll do whatever you tell him. <laughs> he will. He will. He will work hard in every single game. And like I say, he's he looks very comfortable as a Premier League player. Um, I know he'll still get his his doubters. I've got a lot of bit of a Henderson vibe, bit of a Jordan Henderson vibe about him. Just in that, people. I wonder whether, in the same way that Henderson people are kind of wanting him to be Gerard. <laughs> People mm-hmm. are people kind of trying to translate Lampard onto him. He's not scoring world, you know, world class goals every game. He's not scoring the screamers or arriving on the edge of the box for the classic Lampard goals. 
But I think as a as a player who makes that team tick, um, I think Mount is 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 really underappreciated. And I think for England as well, for me, Mount um, gets into that team. I think he's a very versatile option who who Southgate likes. And and when when multiple managers like a player, that for me is a, is a better sign than you know what Daz eight seven five two thinks on Twitter. Um, so sorry. I mean, if that's an actual username, just don't don't go and find the guy. But um, but I I think I rate managers who oh, players who managers rate. If that makes sense. Um, a couple of other players I actually just wrote down for consistent, consistent players. I just wrote down Burnley. <laughs> I think you're right. I think yeah. people like Ben May just great. Um, also also got down uh, Andy Robertson for Liverpool. I think even throughout this whole spell. Of of Liverpool, not quite. Well, I mean, I've been quite woeful in the last few games. Really, still think Andy Robertson's turned up and is still defending all right. I think I think Trent's Trent Trent's another another case. I'm I haven't been too impressed with Trent recently, um, but I think Robertson still gives you that engine from the back. He, he hasn't doesn't look like he misses a beat. I know he, maybe his crossing hasn't quite had the same impact, but I still think he is as a tremendous left back who. You just know he's going to put in a solid performance every week, even if the team isn't. Um, and finally, another fullback. Sorry, I've talked a lot there. Uh, another fullback <laughs> who I haven't actually seen for a little while, so this might be mildly outdated. Um, but I really like Matty Cash from Villa. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. he uh, he looks like a, well, an actual defender. <laughs> I feel like he can actually defend at the back there for Villa. And fullbacks are such an important part of the game now. Um, going forward, staying back, whatever it is. Uh, I think Cash is somebody who, whenever I've seen him, maybe that's a warped view. Villa fans tell me if he's terrible, uh, but whenever I've seen him, I actually see a very good, very good asset going forwards and staying staying back. Which is, you know, I guess for defensive fullbacks um, are a slightly dying breed, but I think he can do that job. Um, that's my take. Anyway. Definitely, but, I totally agree on. Cash, uh, his crossing's really good too. So I think he stepped up really well. Uh, he's only moves recently from Forest, so uh, good shout there. I think absolutely. We 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 salute you, consistent players. The the can we, can we at the end of the season? Can we have some awards? We'll call it the Park G Sung for Park G Sung Award for commitment to seven out of ten every single game. We love that. A hundred percent. I I respect that. We definitely need the uh, the football times awards yeah. end of the season. That'd be great. We do. Yeah, we do. We'll get on that. But for now, we must wrap it up. Um, Mr. Jake Wilson, what's in Match of the Day magazine this week? It is a very very cool issue. This issue, Michael, just on shelves, is our predictions special. Yes, repping the crazy world of footy in 2021. We've predicted it all, mate. So we're going to tell you what's really going to happen this year, as well as checking out Neymar's new boots and some of the world's best wonder kids um, on the front, Michael, mate. When you go and pick it up, when you do your Tesco shop this week, of course, um, there is two promo packs of the new. Match Attack's best of the best cards on the front, which are very exciting. I got Cristiano Ronaldo in my pack and uh, I was very, very excited about that. So, um, yeah, loads for young football fans in there. You literally, in the real, like IRL, in the real world, packed Ronaldo. I feel like I feel like there's a twelve-year-old, there's yeah. a twelve-year-old out there who's like doesn't quite understand what you know real cards are anymore. But like. My word, that is that is a buzz. <laughs> that is that is a real buzz right there. Um, enjoy enjoy the rest of your year life. Um, thank you very much for joining in. 
Mr. Jake Wilson. Uh, and you can, of course, come to radiotimes.com slash sport for all of well, sport across across all the genres. Um, we have a little bit of everything coming up. We've got some Premier League football, plenty of Premier League football. Uh, and then in the coming days, we're going to have a bit of cricket as India take on England. Um, Joe Root hoping to get back into the swing of things next week. Uh, we also have a bit of WWE, a bit of Royal Rumble coming up this weekend with some extra special coverage from a certain Mr. Jake Wilson. Um, yeah. so, so come and come and read his thoughts on WWE. And uh, yeah, see what we've got going on. And you can come to our social media account, which is on Twitter. It's Radio Times Sport. Uh, we're really hoping to keep, you know, push that and, and plug that and get more of your thoughts on here rather than just us two idiots. Uh, so please get in touch, follow us, tell your mates, and uh, we'll see you next week. Cheers. Bye.